Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 83 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. A treat in for you today, or you're in for a treat today, starting off with a brain dump from Kelvin, how small affiliates can do better in search than big merchants, followed by a brain dump from Dan on social media monitoring, all coming up in Internet Marketing. It's quite tough in the world of Internet Marketing. If you're trying to make money by promoting products that are affiliate deals, so say, for example, you want to promote a product that's also available on Amazon, Play.com, a variety of different websites, how are you going to go about um, promoting that product when um, when the fact is that there may well be people competing for that term who have huge SEO teams, um, who have... Um, huge pay-per-click teams they're investing heavily in social media so how is it you as a relatively small affiliate can really get any commission when these websites are doing such a good job well i wanted to share with you some ways like a relatively small affiliate um can carry out some clever tactics really um to outperform sort of well-resourced um well-paid merchant teams so Fairly recently at the, well, I say fairly recently, it's a couple of months ago now, but there was what was known as the May Day update. And at about the beginning of May, um, lots of websites reported um, a change in Google's algorithm, which has sort of become known as the May Day update. Now, most people, when they talk about updates sort of in, in the Google al- algorithm, sort of overstate the case a bit and get a bit carried away. And just, it's not really a shift in the algorithm, particularly or an update. It's just their websites change rankings. But this one, really did seem to have a lot of momentum behind it and a lot of people I trust in the industry were really affected by it. Now, one of the things that it seemed to do, the Mayday update, was reward sort of niche websites, which was kind of quite good news for affiliate marketers. Uh, and it seemed to downplay um, websites that were very much generalist. So what would happen is if you were a website with thousands and thousands of pages, all with boilerplate product descriptions that were identical to every other product description, it used to be that you could rank very well for those um, because you had this domain authority. So your main domain had huge amounts of trust, which meant basically any page you put up would rank very well. But what this Mayday update has done is kind of good news for the small guy. Um, most Google's changes tend to favor the big guy, but this one's a good one for the small guy. 
because what it means is if you're specialist in your own particular niche, your own particular sub area or of a subset, you're going to do better than someone who's a generalist covering that. So here's some of the top tips you can do to take advantage of this change and generally do a little bit better. Um, start off by making a list of um, the most quality X products. So what I'm talking about here is most merchants will have some kind of review on um, of their products. And having reviews is really good for an e-commerce site. So for the products you want to promote, spend some time reading those reviews. And there's bound to be some kind of product qualities that they refer to very frequently in those reviews. So maybe it's um, the quietest turbo trainer or it's the most reliable mobile phone or, um, you know, you know, best looking stereo system or TV. Now, have a look at in these reviews and look at the words, the adjectives that people are using to describe the products. Now, that instantly is a phrase that someone might be looking for. So the quietest turbo trainer or the most reliable, you know, uh, mobile phone, like we were saying there. So get your pad, note down some of those ideas for the topics that they, um, that the qualities they're using, and then make a list of the products that fit that. So the 10 quietest turbo trainers or the, you know, the 10 best looking stereo systems or best looking TVs or, you know, what's, you know, what's the, got the, you know, the best picture quality 30 inch LCD um, TV, whatever those different topics are, have a list. And I guarantee you don't sort of like 10 minutes of reading those lists. Um, it's going to give you some really good adjectives. You can make lists based around them. You can optimize them then for those search terms. And that's a search term that's not going to be targeted by the, um, by the merchants currently or by, you know, big websites currently. So it's a huge opportunity there as well. But if someone's looking for those, making those types of search terms, they're very likely to buy. So if you're an affiliate, you can make some money from that. Also, are merchants bulking multiple product variations onto the same page? So, like, to use the iPod as an example here, do they have, you know, the different sizes on different pages? So, for example, someone might search for red 32 gig iPod Nano or whatever it is that they're searching for. If you've all got them on one page, that's a bit of a missed opportunity here. So if you have each page for each product variation, it needs its own... Um, own content because as we said boilerplate and product pages don't do very well anymore in the daily update but what you've got is because you're focusing on a particular niche a particular subset you have the knowledge you have the capability to delve down a level deeper or two levels deeper than a generalist would give each of those different products their own page and then optimize them for the specific terms that's relevant to them also um create comparison pieces now i recommend this a lot and i think that more people should be doing it but very often when you're um, deciding what um, product to buy online, you'd be torn between a couple of different products. Now, an example I mention whenever I'm talking about this is when I was buying um, the video cameras we used to record the premium podcast, I was torn between getting a Flip uh, Minio HD and the Kodak ZI8. Now, the Kodak ZI8 has a few things in its favour. Um, it's got like an you know external microphone socket, um, you know, Nice little um, looking unit, really good video records. But the, the flip's the better known one. So my gut instinct was, well, let's go with the flip because they're, you know, they're the people who invented these like little USB cameras. So I was torn. I didn't know which one to go for. So I was doing a lot of searching around terms like Kodak ZI8 versus Flip Minio, you know, doing that kind of searches. People are making these searches and these questions are arising in forums. So, um, and those forums are offering answers, but those forums 
don't have the editorial, editorial integrity because they're user-generated of someone who's an expert in their field that you would be. Um, but also, they don't have those affiliate links to earn commission off the back of that. So as an um, affiliate, create pieces that compare two different products, so like versus, or I like to go, um, which is best, product X versus product Y. Call that my title, and then put that in the title tag, put that in the H1, put it a couple of times in the body copy, and instantly you've got a page well optimized for those terms there that, you know, is a real opportunity. Also, another idea, answer product questions. Because um, have you ever been sort of like at that stage where you're just about to buy a product, but you're suddenly struck by a question um, that, that might break the deal? So is it compatible with your PC or how long's the warranty or, you know, what batteries does it take? All these kind of questions might come up right at the last minute, just as you're suddenly about to decide. Now, if you can have a page on your website that answers those very questions and then has an affiliate link to where someone can buy that, you're in a very strong position to point someone towards a sale. So answer product-based questions because they often come very late in the buying cycle and it increases the chance of you being that last click, which then turns into a sale. It's hard to kind of guess what those questions are going to be, uh, but you, you know, you can look at what people have said in the reviews that they're dissatisfied with and use that to answer those questions as well. Um, another idea as well, quite often as you get um, like product um, descriptions that are all in PDFs or like in other sort of not search friendly formats. So take some of that content that's in a format that's not very search friendly and make it more search friendly. That's an instant way to do better than merchants as well. And the other thing is as well, be prepared to criticize products. And most people are sort of scared to give something a bad review. Now, as an affiliate, you don't have to, you know, kind of toe the party line. You've not got advertisers to deal with. And plus, you'll get greater respect. So if someone's searching for a product, you diss it, but then link through to your review of a product you do rate. That gives you two opportunities. You're able to optimize for the product that you know, that you like, that you recommend. But you can then also recommend, you know, do a review of a product you don't like, point people in the right direction help people out so they don't get ripped off. But also, you know, you, you get your commission there as well. So that's just a few of the ideas of some of the ways that I think small merchants can can outperform big search marketing teams of, uh, of generalist online retail companies. Give them a few of them a try and I'd love to know if they work out well for you. I'm with Daniel Rouse. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andy. And um, social media monitoring, um, I've got in brackets on the cheap here. Um, now, in terms of social media monitoring, the first thing I normally think of is, is uh, Google Alerts. Now, why, why, why are we suggesting to use other things apart from Google Alerts? Okay, well, I mean, first of all, social media monitoring is more or less finding out what's being said about you, who's saying it, and, and where are they saying it online. And we've mentioned some tools in this previously, but the key thing is Google Alerts is used by a lot of people. And if you're not aware... You go into Google Alerts, you put in a search term. You can say you want a comprehensive report or just a news report, whatever it is, on different websites. You say you want a daily email, and essentially Google Alerts will send you through an email just telling you where that particular phrase or search term has been mentioned online. Now, that's great, but just to give you an example, if you are the Chartered Institute of Marketing and you put in CIM as a term you want to monitor, mm. you're going to get loads of search results, including things like clubs in Manchester and all sorts of nonsense. Mm. So it takes a fair bit of filtering. And just because it comes through as an email alert, it's not really ideal because it comes in, you have to go through it, and then you're waiting, and you can't do it when it suits you. So 
There's a few flaws in Google Alerts. They're great, mm. but it's slightly limited. There's some other tools out there, and I just want to kind of give everybody a step-by-step process of how to achieve what actually costs quite a lot of money to do with other tools. So there are lots of tools out there. There's things like Radian 6, and Radian 6 is a very, very effective tool, but it's also quite expensive, and it's not suited to very small businesses. And even big organizations, when they're trying to get buy-in for budget, they've Mm. got to prove the worth of social media monitoring quite often before they can get committed budget to doing it. So there is something out there called Viral Heat, and we've mentioned Viral Heat before. but We have, yes. Yeah, if you go to viralheat.com, Viral Heat's a great tool. starts at about $9 a month, I think, for the cheapest package. And that allows you to monitor different search terms, just like uh, Google Alerts does. But what this will do, this will actually look at Twitter, Google Buzz, Facebook. It will look at uh, some live websites, so blogs, those kind of things as oh, so well. It's more of a, a real-time monitoring. Yeah, it? I mean, it, it gives you over the last kind of uh, few days, I think up to mm. a week, it'll keep the actual data for, which is great. It does monitor a lot more than Google Alerts, and it has got some great functionality, like telling you what percentage of comments were uh, positive or negative, tries mm. to make some analysis of that. Not perfect, but it also will tell you who the most frequently commenting people are so for example if you're looking at twitter hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It will actually look through and say, well, this person has said something six times. Mm. which looks nice and relevant. But then you actually find out they've only got 10 followers. It's not as relevant. But it also gives you a column of says, who are the most followed people. And essentially, if you know somebody's got 10,000 followers and they're saying something about you, then it's worth influencing them and it's worth engaging mm. with them. Okay. So there's a qualitative element with Viral Heat, which is great. But there is a bit of a gap in Viral Heat in the fact that it doesn't cover everything. Just like any of these social media monitoring tools, it doesn't necessarily cover all of the blogs, and it misses quite a few things actually that Google Alerts actually picks up on. Okay. Now, you've got Google Alerts, which is fairly imperfect. You've got Viral Heat, which is great, but doesn't cover everything because it's just Mm -hmm. not possible. The one big thing that's missing from all that as well is LinkedIn. And LinkedIn in the last 18 months particularly has grown phenomenally. 
and you're actually seeing an awful lot more discussions going on. And if you go to LinkedIn Answers, which is linkedin.com forward slash answers, you can see uh, an awful lot of discussions going on. Obviously, lots of B2B kind of discussions as well. So what we really want to do is try and get the best of all three of these tools to create some social media monitoring that's very cost effective. So there's a bit of a step by step. So the first thing you do is you go and set up a viral heat account and that will cover off a large percentage of what you want to look at. Yeah. But then what we're going to do is we're going to use Google Alerts and we're going to use LinkedIn to cover off a bit more. Just we've got two places to look. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a Google Reader account. So if you just search for Reader in Google, Google Reader is an RSS reader. And if you're not familiar with RSS, uh, RSS is Real Simple Syndication and it's basically a format for reading news stories. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to a lot of websites like the BBC website or any news website, when you look in your browser bar, you'll actually see a little orange symbol, or actually blue in some of the browsers, Mm. uh, that you can click on and you'll get an RSS feed come up and you can just see the news in that feed. Now, set up a Google Reader account and that in itself won't actually give you anything. It will just give you this piece of software that's ready to read information. It's ready to accept RSS feed URLs, isn't it? Exactly. So you can just copy and paste those URLs, those web links in, Mm -hmm. and it will feed that information in. Yeah. So what we then do is rather than just going to Google Alerts and setting up a Google Alert just straight away, first of all, make sure you're logged into Google. So if you haven't got a Google account, set up a Google account. Uh, You can do it from the the page there when you actually go through to Google Alerts. Mm Set up your Google account, then go to Google Alerts. And what you can then do, you'll get a manage your alerts button. And what this allows you to do is look at all the different alerts that you've set up and you can change your settings for each one. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. It sounds good. Now, now, what you get from that is when you look at your alert, there's a little button on the right-hand side, which is the orange RSS feed button. Mm-hmm. So rather than just getting an email every day from Google Alerts, you can copy and paste. So you click on the orange button. It will take you to your RSS feed of that alert. You copy that and you put it into Google Reader. Yeah. Okay. So then what you've got is Google Reader having your Google Alerts come in. Now, the point of doing that is it's not giving you anything extra at this stage, Mm. apart from the ability to filter and say what was useful and what's not. Because there's functionality in Google Reader to actually say, no, this wasn't relevant. This isn't what I'm interested in. This is relevant or I don't want things on this particular topic. And what it will do, it will allow you to filter down your Google Alerts so that it's getting rid of all the spurious, all the rubbish information that's in there that you're not interested in. Ah. So Google Reader becomes that more useful by feeding Google Alerts. Then we do one last step. If you go to linkedin.com forward slash answers, you'll find LinkedIn answers. Lots of discussions, lots of uh, people asking questions. And on the right-hand side of the page, there are categories and subsections. So what you do is you click and you drill down to the particular category and subsection, go down to as much detail as possible Mm -hmm. as the topic you're interested in, uh, where you're expecting to find your brand or your business or the client that you're monitoring, whatever it may be. Yeah. You find that and you'll see a load of discussions on that particular topic. Now, again... In the bottom right-hand corner of the page, you will see an RSS feed button. You can click on that RSS feed, you get the RSS address, and you copy that into Google Reader as well. And what that allows you to do is you go into Google Reader, and Mm -hmm. you've got Google Alerts and LinkedIn coming into one place. You can gradually set up some filters over a period of time, and between that and Viral Heat, you're suddenly covering an awful lot of the web for literally $9 a month. 
It's really good. Does does uh? I've got about six million questions here. I'll try and mm. answer very quickly. Um, does viral heat have an RSS feed as well that you can put into Google Reader? It doesn't, as far as I know, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I did actually email them the other day to ask them questions. So if they come back and answer that, if that's something they're going to app, that would be great because yeah. then you could put everything into yeah, yeah. Google Reader. I love this idea of, of pushing it all into one thing so it's all in one place. Precisely. I mean, the one advantage of actually viral heat is that it's got some nice graphical displays and it shows you some more qualitative data as well i mean the whole idea of this what it came out from was talking to some quite big organizations that said we need to monitor online but we can't commit any budget yet Mm. so we need to first of all just try and do this in a cheap easy way and we need it five minutes a day so the idea is once you've set up the filters uh, in google reader you just dip into viral heat have a look in there, you dip into Google Reader and you start to keep it down to a few minutes a day where you're just checking yeah, what's being yeah, said yeah. online. Once you've done that, the real next stage is you've actually got to do something with it. Just before you go on to that, is it worth also, uh, because in Twitter, you can do a search in Twitter and make an RSS feed of that. Is it worth putting that to Google Reader as well? Yeah, absolutely. Or is that, is that like duplicating effort somewhere? You would be duplicating somewhat because you would get that in viral heat anyway. Ah, but- okay. To be honest, it might not be a bad thing because you can draw things up in two places. I mean, it depends how much you're interested in Twitter particularly. If that's a particularly important channel for you, Mm. then you could certainly do that or you could just use it as viral heat. But I think it's a really good point. And the point is, even if if you haven't got $9 a month to commit to this, you're absolutely just starting off playing around with things, Yes. then have a look at Google Reader, do the search in Twitter and feed that into Google Reader. That's a good idea. And it's it's quite a nice place to start. Right, how to use it. You were were about to say how to use it. Yeah, I I think there's there's a couple of things we need to consider with this. Is First of all, to engage with social media and start a social media kind of policy and what you're going to do and those Mm. kind of things can be a bit overwhelming for small and large organisations because there's so much being said. There's so much noise. We've got to try and cut through it and work out what's relevant. We need a plan, Dan. Exactly. Um, You'll also find in most big organisations, it's not actually social media or digital marketing that's a problem. It's actually change management and internal policy. And what I mean by that is who's in charge of actually listening to Twitter? Who's in charge of working out if something's being said is relevant or if the person saying it is actually worth listening to or worth replying to? What happens when there's a problem? Who, who does it be, who's it escalated to? Uh, how quickly do you reply? So all these things are actually policy decisions for companies. And, and you just need to decide how you're doing it and just set a bit of a, a policy on this. So, for example... One of the big questions is, how do I know where something's going wrong? Well, you have to make a judgment on that. And what I tend to say is you look at how many negative comments are being made or how many comments that you think are a bit controversial, problematic, Mm. and then you set a number and say, okay, if we get more than five negative comments a day or 50 negative comments a day, depending on your brand and what's being said, then you say, right, this is an issue, and you flag it up. Mm. The other thing as well to think about is deciding, do you reply to everybody or just certain people? Now, if you're a one-man band running your business, it's a lot easier to apply to everybody. If you're BP, you've got some real big issues about who you're actually going to answer to and all those kind of things as well. And a lot of big brands have made some big mistakes on this in terms of you know, going back, being very negative, shutting people down, not engaging with people. And one thing I've certainly learned is that if you find someone that's complaining about something online, it's an opportunity to build advocacy. Because if somebody's complaining online, they're actually not expecting to be replied to more than often yeah. than not. Yeah. If you go in and actually say, look, thanks for your feedback, this is what we're going to do about it, or this is how long it's going to take us to fix it, or this is why it's happened, you can really build some trust. Mm. And actually people will turn around and say, look, I got a good reply from these people. And there's been some great examples of that happening. And I think mm. that uh, TripAdvisor is always the classic, where if you see lots of reviews for a particular hotel, and you see lots of positive reviews, and then you see a negative one, 
and somebody comes back and replies that very positively, actually that has a more positive impact than a positive review mm. because people can see they're reacting, they're changing things, and they're actually caring about their customers. So it does come down to basic customer service yes. at the end of the yeah. day, yeah. but just putting in some policy in the way to deal with that. So what I generally say is look at what's being said, then try and work out who the key people are that are saying things. So a really easy example, go into Viral Heat, look at who's saying things in Twitter, who's got the most followers, or who's saying something insightful, and then go and talk to those people directly mm. and ask them some questions, get their feedback. And then from doing that, you'll build for advocacy. They will actually then go out and speak to other people, and you start to get this snowball mm. impact. Mm. And I think by picking those advocates, the people that are most active online and have got the most followers, those are the people that have the knock-on impact for you. You could go and speak to everybody, but it will take you the rest of your life, and you'll spend your whole life just looking at Twitter. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> you've got to pick and choose. And I think just by picking the most influential people, that's going to have the biggest impact. Then what you're doing is asking questions and maybe sharing some content, saying, well, look, we've got this blog entry or we've got something useful on our website. So again, and this is something I always come back to, is it boils down to having quality content on your website in the first place that's relevant for your users. Because if you've got no content to point people at, mm. then there's no real further conversation to be had. They need some video or some blog entries or something for them to actually go off and read and point people to as well. So you need something to share and that needs to offer value. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so some great advice there. So basically the, the idea, just in summary, I like, I like summarizing things, Dan, is uh, use um, viral heat, uh, Google alerts and LinkedIn answers and sort of push them into uh, Google Reader. Absolutely. And it, good, and it gives you a nice, cheap, easy way to start yeah. social media monitoring. Once you get past that, there are other tools out there like Radian 6 that are great for doing bigger, cleverer things. Mm. But start with the basics. I always say it's very similar to analytics. It's great having tons of data, but you've got to do something with it. Yes, I just have visions of people sort of holding, clasping their heads, just sort of going, oh, information overload, what, what, what do I now do with it? So you've got, to, you've got to know what you're going to do with it. You've got to have a plan. Absolutely. Daniel Rouse, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273 256 150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. <laughs>